0: and tapping into the gratitude of what has happened to us, right? Which really is the core of my journey of all my health struggles of stop seeing things as in the way of my journey and more as on the way as part of the journey. So that's kind of the shift that I provide them when it comes to body image, when it comes to even things like motivation.
1: From spinal surgery and not feeling in control to feeling outrageous trust in the unknown and seeing connections to everything, from experiencing resentment towards her ailments and conditions, to establishing a gratitude practice, entering a true journey of self-discovery and dedicating her life to help others. Welcome to The Safe Haven, a space for stories to be shared about the lights and darks, highs and lows of life. Juliana Lehman is a nutritionist and mind-body weight release expert, university trained with a master's degree in science, certified as a holistic nutritionist, and functional diagnostic nutrition practitioner. She is dedicated to helping women over 40 balance hormones naturally and achieve sustained weight loss, what she likes to call weight release, through the use of real food and a shift to the diet mindset. Juliana's education is supported thoroughly by her own personal experiences, which combined have created a very welcoming and authentically empathetic practice. Let's start with what brought Juliana to Canada.
0: So I've been in Canada for 15 years now, and it was really a decision that my parents made. Uh, To be completely honest, I spent six months of my life kind of like in resistance (laughs) with that move because I was in university, I was in kind of like my early 20s. So you have a lot of your life, at least you think, figure it out. Uh, So it was really a decision that my parents made in relation to a better quality of life. So it was just like life back home. It was very stressful, dangerous in ways that I think in Canada we don't think about a lot of times, which is really kind of like a a big tying point to everything that has happened to me since. Um, But it was really... They tried for many years, uh, I would say for maybe three years, uh, to go to Australia. That was their, you know, initial thought, and they wanted to go to Melbourne because at that time I was in my uh, second year of Veterinary Medicine at the University back home, uh, and they had a really good school, a vet school in Melbourne. And then for, you know, destiny reasons, I guess, Canada became an option. Um, Because of wealth and the University of wealth, And then it just happened really quickly and we moved. So that was basically how it took place. Yeah.
1: So right off the bat, I just picked out veterinary medicine. Because now yes. knowing what you do as your career, I'm like, <laughs> wait a second. What, what
0: happened there? Like what changed your direction? Totally. And I'll say the reason why I think growing up, uh, my grandparents – they're still alive in their 80s and they are holistic practitioners themselves and my grandpa's father was a vet and we grew up loving animals around animals in the hobby farm and at home so I think it was just like that passion for you know animals in general that brought me to that field and in my second year that's when my parents moved to Canada so I did continue my education at Guelph, University of Guelph, with intentions of going towards a veterinary medicine program. But in my very first year at Guelph, when I transferred, nutrition found me. And it was like I fell in love, truly, uh, in a way that I switched all my coursework and all I studied for the last two years was nutrition. Then I did a master's in nutrition at the same university. And it just became a way, I think, for me to understand the body and also contribute to health in a way that I thought was proactive and really empowering. So that is kind of how I exited the vet field uh, and really went into studying comparative nutrition, working in the industry for about seven years in corporate, and then in 2017, opening my practice full-time in human nutrition, completely kind of like in one eighty. Uh, for a while in there, I did a little bit of sort of work with weight loss for people in pets. at the same time. Uh, and it was kind of like, a, you know, the whole idea that when you get a dog, you start walking more, uh, but that eventually emerges into just holistic human nutrition. Yeah.
1: Mm-hmm. It sounds like you have a really deep rooted passion for nutrition that you didn't even realize you had until it kind of stumbled uh, into your life. But I'm always oh, really? so curious with such a, such a huge change in trajectory, there must have been something, this is this is me assuming here and just kind of wondering at the same time, that there must have been something going on in your life personally that made you really jump into such a deep dive nutrition shift. What happened?
0: Yeah. And I'll say like, even when I was studying animal nutrition, which was majority of my uh, schooling on the graduate, uh, on the undergraduate level, in my master's thesis and everything, we looked at how to use food to change body composition in animals. So, essentially, the work is how to make animals gain weight faster, right? For the whole, you know, uh, animal production systems, agricultural type of thing. So, really, now it's almost the opposite it's how to use food to release the excess weight, right? So, there's a similarity in the concept of what I was studying, but really, what I would say. Um, I attributed to two specific mentors in my academic life that uh, have really contributed greatly to my passion for nutrition. And I I would say the first one was really when I recognized how nutrition is basically understanding the interconnectedness of everything in the body, which really spoke to that holistic passion that I had from before, from my grandparents, Mm -hmm. right? And I thought it was a tool that was minimally invasive, but also proactive in a way that we could really use that to get a better version of ourselves and I love biochemistry and I don't know why but I was always fascinated by how the body works and I think that's really what made me fall in love with nutrition early on and the second he he passed away unfortunately but he was my master's mentor and he really instilled showing me that concept that there's no Um, simple questions there's no wrong questions and that is the whole pursuit of knowledge right when you're always learning something new expanding what you thought you you knew about the body and I think in the field of nutrition being new it is so exciting because there's so much that we're always discovering Uh, so that is just kind of I think feel that passion early on and my career just kind of in the last 10 years just evolved from there in a really special natural way
1: So in your bio, when it says about being a nutritionist and a mind-body weight release expert, can you
0: elaborate on that? Yes. So the mind-body part of it really is based on the concept that our beliefs and our perceptions really dictate our physiology, they really impact our biology, Uh, and it's part of the knowledge that I've studied through holistic nutrition, but also all the knowledge that I have gained from my observing my grandparents and all the modalities that they practice and have uh, taught me, whereas the weight release portion of it is really a shift in how we look at weight loss. And the traditional weight loss approach, I say it's very external. We're losing weight, we're getting to a number on the scale, we want to fit into a specific size. It's very externally focused, whereas for me, Um, In all my health issues and struggles, that model of care did not work, right? Uh, And when I look at weight release, it's shifting the focus internally. So you're getting to the best weight for your body, whatever the number is, while you're releasing the emotions and the stressors and the baggage that we carry that's no longer supporting us so that we can actually tap into the better health that comes with the idea of letting go of excess weight. So it's kind of using the tools of nutrition and hormonal testing and all the tactics but combining that with real mind shifts to kind of get to the goal of weight management. Mm -hmm. So that's kind of what that means.
1: Can I ask a little bit about the therapy or counseling side of that and how you would balance that? Because I can imagine that a lot of what people would carry around when it comes to, food or a relationship with food and drink, same thing. Yeah. Is yeah. if something is super deeply rooted in someone's subconscious, do you have a balancing technique that you can
0: use to support people through that? So I would say that it will depend on the scope, right? So one of the things that I done, and I'll answer that just in a second. But one of the things that I done during COVID, specifically in the month of July, I did a lot of reflecting like most people did through COVID. And in July, I decided to start actually asking women what is it that is holding them back? How do they feel? How to specifically list the questions. And I put it out some fillers and people started to recommend people. And I spoke to over 30 women last month all over the world. And I heard the basically the same narrative from every everyone, didn't no matter where they lived, right? And one of the things that I asked that I think relates to this question you asked is when did your journey started? Like what age? Uh, And what are your fears and frustrations? And quite a few people said that it started either in their early teens or sooner, like 10, 11 years old. And more than a few have said that it was either because of parents um, measuring their portion size or critiquing their bodies, right? So I think some of those things are definitely very deep-rooted. There's some people with, like, history of abuse and things that, you know, gaining the weight was a way to remove the amount of attention that they received, right? So depending on, so my approach to the mind-body component is to show people a different perspective. And I use the methodology uh, of a couple of different experts out there. And depending on when they discover what they need, then I may refer them out to a practitioner that's more you know, specific or getting to deeper root causes. But some of the work that we do is in a sense of transforming all of the things that are you know, a problem sure. to them. We transform them by neutralizing that emotion and tapping into the gratitude of what has happened to us, right? Which really is the core of my journey of all my health struggles of stop seeing things as in the way of my journey and more as on the way as part of the journey. So that's kind of the shift that I provide them when it comes to body image, when it comes to even things like motivation, right? Because I think that's the number one thinking weight loss that women have said to me that they lack motivation because they're looking for it outside of themselves, right? Uh, and as soon as they finish a program, they gain their way back type of thing. So it's really that shift into how to find the inner burning, motivating fire inside of you and using that to continue on that journey. Mm-hmm.
1: When you just mentioned parents and portioning out meals, right? I've, uh, one of my best friends had dealt with this as she was growing up. And just when I look at her relationship with food now as a 33 year old woman and how it's affected her and her lifestyle and her perspectives, it's, it is so deeply rooted. And then that made me wonder about with everything going on and so many people are stuck at home right now, depending on where they're living, it sounds like there is such a, a space for education when it comes to parents, right? So educating parents on how they can establish their own healthy relationship with food so that they can model that for their kids. Do you have something like that in place or do you work with parents in that way?
0: So majority of the people I work with, I really serve the body plus demographic, right? So a lot of times, like those women already, if they have had kids or some are still kind of like in that phase, but most of them have already had kids and they're already at least in their teens, right? Um, So I'm not necessarily at the inception point of that transformation. However, I think there's still time for them to influence and even as, you know, their 50s and 60s influence their grandchildren and continue to propagate that because one of the things that I feel my Brazilian background really serves me is that I saw so much poverty and I saw so many people and children starve in a country of such inequality, right? That we grew up with such respect and gratitude for putting in plate, right? That I think is a, a very important component of it. And I, I'm always neutralizing people's emotions towards food by looking at it from that perspective that it's actually a blessing the food in front of you. And the food doesn't have to be the enemy anymore, right? Which has been kind of portrayed as for so many years. Uh, and it's that nice little shift of really being grateful for your food and eating it with care mm-hmm. and preparing it with care and moving away from that rushed, convenience, go-go-go mindset that I think has really helped some people in shifting that and hopefully propagating that into their families and eventually the children that, you know, we want to also see have a better relationship with food. Yeah,
1: you've mentioned gratitude a few times in your own personal journey. Can you deep dive into there a little bit for us?
0: Absolutely. So, I was blessed with a laundry list of health issues and diagnoses over the years. Things from, like the the major one being my like spinal degeneration that I had spinal surgery in 2012 uh layer fibromyalgia, thyroid, autoimmune, like a bunch of like big things. And for, I would say many years of my life, I really looked at them with a little bit of resentment, to be honest. <laughs> I used to be a basketball player, at least, you know, not professional, but competitive In uh, a swimmer. And a lot of my sports were kind of like all taken away from me. And a lot of things that I was able to do, I wasn't anymore, especially since my surgery, uh, but like, after many years of self-work, I was able to truly recognize the importance of all those you know, difficult things in our lives as part of my story that have contributed to where I am in my life, my career, my relationships, right? And it was truly eventually being able to package the gratitude of what had happened to me that I was able to really utilize that to empower myself and make positive change in the world. Uh, And I know that, you know, now with COVID and people being stuck at home and businesses struggling, it may be hard to sometimes see the blessings as they're happening, right? So I usually tell people, at least find a blessing somewhere else. My grandma always used to say that if you wake up and your hair doesn't look so nice, look elsewhere and and be happy about it, right? Uh, There's always something to be grateful for. Uh, and the more you tap into it, I think the more we get to that place that we can neutralize a lot of our misperceptions and have a better experience of life and continue to do our work.
1: Have you always had an emotional awareness when it comes to how you're feeling and how you kind of move through life? Or have you had to adopt these practices to be more grateful or to be more
0: receptive to the world around you? Um, worked really hard <laughs> to yeah. make there yet. Yeah. I'd say uh, on the exact day of my surgery, which was November twenty third, two thousand and twelve, that was the first time in my life I remember very clearly. It was like a big transform- transformation moment for me. It was the very first time in my life that I had tears of gratitude come out of my eyes. Mm. And I've always been a very type A, in charge of everything, the go-to person. I like for my family first work like always solved it, took on everybody's problems uh, at the expense of my own health but it was kind of like just who I was and at that day going into surgery I had this moment that I knew that I was not in charge I had no control of what was about to happen to me. right and it was the first time I experienced outrageous trust in whatever it was. And that was so touching. And I felt a different level of connection to everything. Uh that was beautiful. And from that point on I always had that moment to go back to and remember how amazing it felt. But I'd done a lot of work with practitioners myself and a lot of self discovery to sort of go back from the victim mode that I was for a while and then, you know, let go I I'm definitely a recovering perfectionist, Um, you know, that, you know, good girl, pleasing everybody, and wanting to be perfect. I I share all those qualities and worked really hard on letting go of that stuff. And also with my own weight struggles, you know, from what happened to my body after surgery and all the medication I was on and all sorts of like emotional traumas and things from growing up in Brazil, um, all of those things, just kind of pile on and because I kept pushing and pushing because I had tried to use the world and so on, it was a combination of you know the extreme situations that I put myself into and the real good support system that I found and surrounded myself with to start to really sort of chip away slowly at different aspects of myself to get to a point that I was more in touch with a more authentic version of myself rather than this version that I wanted the world to see of myself.
1: Mm-hmm. What personal practices do you have in your own life now that help
0: you reset or to maintain that balance? Absolutely. The most important one I would say is based on the principles of a human behavior specialist. His name is Dr. John Demartini. And I've been studying his work for quite some time and it influenced a lot of my own mind shift. And is a concept of looking at the benefits and the drawbacks of every situation, right? So if something happened that I perceive as negative, more challenging than support, through just listing both sides in a piece of paper, it helps your mind neutralize it and see both equally so that they're no longer you know out of balance for you. And he has a, a few different methodologies, but that's probably the one that I've used the most. And the second thing is really, as you're closing the evening, really kind of look back at your day. Need to pick one thing every bring for, or list more if you can, <laughs> if you have them, mm-hmm. and really start tapping into that beautiful energy that it is gratitude. That um, if you really kind of brings back into perspective a lot of the little things, right, that we feel that gets mm-hmm. attached to us throughout the day. Yeah, yeah. But it's neutralizing of the emotions process of having the pros and cons. Call it that. Um, has been really helpful for me and to be able to find gratitude even in the things that we perceive as negative.
1: Mm -hmm. I have Mm -hmm. three safe haven style questions for you. You ready? Mm -hmm. What are you most proud of?
0: I'd say to be able to see even in the midst of it, that everything that has happened to me is on the way and not in the way. That my... How struggles and especially my hormonal struggles, which is really the basis of my work now, uh, are just like part of the plan, right? Because the more I go through them, and the more I get out of them, and the tools and the vibrant food and everything that I use to be able to then share that to the world, because I know I'm I'm not alone in the things that I feel, so be able to tap into it as I'm going through that, I think is something very proud of. I love
1: what you just said about on the way, not in the way.
0: <laughs>
1: yeah. Like that needs to be all over people's walls. It's wonderful. I love that. It's it's such a journey to be able to work through seeing things that are super challenging. And another shift that I've even had in my own life, as opposed to thinking happening to me, it's what is like. How is this happening for me? What can I learn from this or through this process? So, oh, do I ever feel that one?
0: <laughs> Love it.
1: Yeah. Uh, I have another question for you, and that is, what do you want to be known for?
0: That's a big one. I would like to be known as someone that stood up for women and that made a significant impact in the wage laws industry. And I know that's a huge, huge task, but that is really important to me. And one of the things that came up as I was talking to the women in July uh, was really how overly commercialized the weight loss industry is, right? Uh, I had people say to me, like, they just want to have somebody be honest and tell them, can I even get the results? Just tell me the truth. Like, don't give me this feel, right? And it's just that lack of, you think, of, not just honesty, but real information with the only goal of helping people rather than catching them back next year when they gain the back like that type of, you know, approach. And I want to, I have tools that I know can change how people look at things. And some of them are a little new in terms of the approach versus what's out there. Um, But I really feel that I would like to be known for being able to make, a real impact and change you know the discourse and how we look at weight loss
1: there are so many societal messages that make us want to change everything about ourselves how do you combat that in your work I mean that's got to be so deeply rooted in everybody that you work with what
0: are some tools and techniques that you have to navigate that I think the major one and I that's a awesome one because that is something that I encounter a lot of people and even messaging out there that, you know, in order to love yourself fully, you need to love all the parts of your body, right? And then somebody looking at the mirror and you're seeing something so far removed from what they want to look like or feel like, it's very difficult to tell the person, just love every piece of yourself, right? I think that's kind of like an unrealistic ask. So for me, one of the things that I teach the woman to do is how to be in acceptance of all the pieces. Not so much necessarily, loving the pieces can be part of the process, the eventual rule, but being in acceptance that, for example, if you have X that's going on that you don't like, that specific X has been a gift given to you because it given you the path you're in today, the knowledge and the experiences. So start to tap into accepting the parts that we don't like, to eventually when they're neutralized and they're now polarized about them so they can become an acceptance of the shape, and size and color, whatever of your body, right? Um, but it's always about the way that I work. It's always about finding both sides, understanding how that has helped you get to where you are and then you can move forward. Um, but I don't believe that everybody should love every piece of them. Like, you, you know, it, it could be too much of an ask right away. You can get there when you tap to the gratitude of who you are, right? But I think there's a process getting there so that you can look in the mirror and all you can see is gratitude for yourself as opposed to, oh, my hair doesn't look so good and this and that. I come from Brazil, which is the capital of plastic surgery in the world, right? Like I was raised, and I was 21 when I came to Canada. So my forming years were based on incredibly unrealistic markers right of beauty of success and even body shaming from family members and all those things were part of my growing up so for me at that time to look in the mirror and say when i was 20 pounds in the weight and say i love all of it it would have been a lie right so i rather take the honesty route and i've worked really hard on getting to that point that i can accept the process the body the reasons the choices i've made as being the best that I was possible at that time, so we can move on, rather than dwell too much in the past, if that makes sense.
1: Mm-hmm. What is something, this is a vulnerability question here. Yes. What is something that you look in the mirror, or think about yourself, that you are currently working through?
0: Um, I would say probably my skin, is going to be the one. Part of my autoimmune condition, impacts my skin, and I think it's one of those things that, you know, when I had severe chronic pain, I couldn't hide, a little bit of the weight issues I couldn't hide, but the skin, it can't hide, unless I'm wearing, like, sleeve sweaters all the time. So that has been probably the most uh, big one, because it has forced me to really walk the dog, right? And to accepting some of that. Mm-hmm. And last November, when my husband and I went to, we went to Cuba for, like, vacation, uh and wearing bathing suit and stuff when some of the little things in my skin were seeing was probably it was a very big transformation because I realized how much I was not comfortable with that right and even in those 10 days that we were gone I'm like working for myself and you know getting to a better place so I'm still working on it uh, it's still something that I find difficult um but I'm still going the natural route and hormones and the foundation of health to kind of get to the best that that can look like mm-hmm. without the expectation of perfection anymore, right?
1: Yeah. Yeah. That makes it so much more relatable when you can actually just kind of open up and share your own your own challenges, the things that you're working through on your own. That's a, that credibility aspect of, of your work. And being real, especially as a woman or someone who identifies as woman or female, I feel like it's just the pressure is on us to look and
0: feel a certain way. At all times. So it's so true. And I think, yeah. too, in my life, work, especially in nutrition and in weight loss, right? I would say that has been probably the most, I would say, the judgment that I felt in family functions with friends. That, you know, if I were to pick up, say, a bowl of ice cream and a Paula, people look at me like, you ate ice cream? Almost like if I had to hold this perfection image, right? that all I do is eat organic greens and drink green smoothies. I think that's something people like accept that. And not being a size zero in weight loss was also a big sort of initial journey for me, right? Uh, until I realized that the reason why that's absolutely okay is that I'm not teaching how people how to lose crazy amounts of weight. I'm teaching them how to be healthy, right? And the weight is a consequence of your body size and your age and your hormones and all of that stuff. So definitely the, you know, my perfectionism tendencies, right? And that's what I said at the beginning of shining some of those walls, right? Into the real struggles of real women, even with all the knowledge I have and the 10 years of experience that it's a constant journey. Like, you know, I'm not at the end of the journey and I probably would never be until my last day on the (laughs) earth because it is always changing our hormones are always evolving stressors are always around us right so it's just that balancing act to be the best version you can of yourself today and making as good choices as you can
1: mm-hmm. so yeah. <laughs> yeah thank you for sharing that the last safe haven style question I got a little bit rerouted there but that's totally <laughs> I love that kind of stuff so the last safe haven style question that I have for you is if you had a message for everyone listening what would it be
0: Let's say that, and this is speaking a little bit more to the women, but that you're not alone and that the symptoms you feel are not just in your head. And I think that's the message that I really want to spread out there that, you know, for the brain fog to the growing anxiety, to the latcone beetle, all those things are very directly influenced by stress levels and hormone dysfunction. It's not just, you know, a lot of times we are just I think not to believe that it's just in our heads and we just need to toughen up and keep pushing, right? Uh, whereas in reality, that's not the case. And accepting that that is something that can be improved upon and then giving them the tools is really the message that I want to give there. That women don't have to live miserable lives because nobody's telling them what's actually going on. Mm-hmm. My job is to tell them what's going on, but also make them feel that, as I was talking to people in, all, you know, in New in the U.S., Brazil, Canada, we all share the same symptoms and we're going through the same stuff, right? So they're not alone.
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah. Where can people
0: find you on social media? I would say the best place to find me would be on Instagram. Mm-hmm. So my handle is naturally.joyous and I'm currently working on something I'm really proud of so it's actually on my linking bio which is my weight release shift program Uh, and the whole goal there is to really build this community of women over 40 going through the same hormonal changes and trying to shift their weight uh, to form a community that we can support each other on a long-term basis that's a dream of mine that I Mm. have for many years and to build something that We can, together, 10 years down the road, celebrate, you know, the success and maintenance of the weight release, as opposed to just kind of, like, you know, next, 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 and just, like, go back to how we started before. So, that's kind of, like, the big project I'm working on that's going to be on my Instagram bio. Yeah.
1: Okay, amazing. Thank you. And I'll make sure to link that in the podcast notes so that people can find you easily.
0: Perfect. Juliana, thank you so much. Oh, It was such a pleasure. Thanks so much, man. It was wonderful chatting with you today big time
1: juliana thank you so much for joining me on the safe haven i appreciate you and your time and wish you so much success in your business helping people overcome their limiting beliefs and achieve optimal health to everyone listening i recognize the privilege that comes with my platform and i am committed to creating a safe brave and inclusive space with intention if this episode has hit you right in the heart or inspired you in any way please screenshot the screen while you're listening, send it to your friends and share it in your Instagram stories. Please be sure to tag us so that we can personally thank you for it. If you're able to write a review or leave a juicy five-star rating on Apple podcasts, that really helps this podcast grow. For more great podcasts, check out frequencypodcastnetwork.com. And I will talk to you next week.